Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I want to linger today just on the gospel reading because it is a curious scene that we have here in Luke this morning. I think it's one of those stories that we come to with an expectation about what it's going to mean, but in my view, it doesn't quite fit the expectation we bring to it. Or maybe I'm just going to read it against the grain, but either way, let's take a look. As we heard, Jesus is passing through the region between Samaria and Galilee. Now, immediately, we see that as a setup, and we imagine that we're going to get a lesson on how those outside will show us right and faithful living, and those inside will be seen to fail. The passage certainly does sit in a long stretch of narrative and teachings that involve sharp contrasts of behavior. The rich man and Lazarus. Noah and those who did not heed the warning. Lot, who left Sodom while others simply went about their business. But some of the details of this story just don't quite fit the contrast motif. They're not far off, they're just a little off, enough to catch the attention. Ten lepers of unknown lineage, except eventually for one, come to Jesus seeking to be healed, and they are healed. Nine of them follow Jesus' own command to go and show themselves to the priest. One does not. He returns to Jesus instead, giving thanks to God 
and thanking Jesus. Now, right there is where we rather expect Jesus to commend the foreigner and to judge those who were not thankful. But that's not really quite what happens. On the face of it, Jesus' reaction signals not so much commendation for the one or judgment from the nine, but mild surprise. Were not ten made clean? None of them gave thanks but this one. And then he says to the one who returned with thanks, go on your way, your faith has made you well. Jesus does not unheal the nine who did not give, give thanks. In fact, he says nothing else about them, really. He does not ask the one who was healed to follow him. He simply seems to reiterate that the one leper's response to Jesus has made him well, and we knew that already. Is that it? A description of a healing, an observation that most don't hang around to say thank you, and a matter-of-fact send-off to the one who did. I know, maybe the titles that commentators give to Bible passages in the headers or footers will help us out. <laughs> Ten lepers cleansed is what my NRSV calls it. Okay, maybe this is just a story to confirm that Jesus has divine power to heal. Maybe. Truth is, I think the title for this ought to be One Leper Healed Twice. One Leper Healed Twice. Ten lepers are healed by Jesus. Nine go on their way to enjoy the benefits of their healing. There are families and friends to reunite with. There are fields to tend or markets to sell to. Their illness might have left their families struggling economically and they need to meet with creditors advocating for new arrangements, all perfectly commendable activities for those now restored to social participation. This is glorious healing and surely it does testify to the power of God in Christ. But the one cleansed leper that one who returns enters into another healing. The healing he enters is gratitude. With gratitude, he enters into relationship with God with gratitude, with his posture of thanksgiving. With gratitude, he consents to the truth of things, that our lives are not our own, that good and well-being and restoration come from beyond us. They come from God, who showers that goodness upon us indiscriminately. With gratitude, the one leper is released into freedom because gratitude is not transactional. It is not an asking, it is a receiving and an open-handed turn to the source of life. From this reading of the story, perhaps we can learn 
For if the core, the big truth, the bottom line, the $6 million answer is that all we have comes from God, all we are comes from God, all good things and all healing from bad things comes from God, then gratitude to God and all that follows from it is the core virtue of the Christian faith. To be grateful. While we celebrate the good, to be grateful. While we lament the pain and face the conflict, nevertheless, to be grateful. When things look good and things look bleak, to be grateful. Remembering that the mission depends not on us but on God being grateful. Remembering that and in awe that we are invited into this new world making that God is up to, being grateful. Gratitude heals. Gratitude releases and relaxes our infatuation with control, our need to grasp, our egoistic attachment to our own concerns. It takes us outside of ourselves ready to be surprised by the indiscriminate blessing of God at every turn, even at the hardest of turns. I find myself traveling with the poet W.S. Merwin quite a bit these days, and I think he gets this truth. Listen, he says, With the night falling, we are saying thank you. We are stopping on the bridges to bow from the railings. We are running out of the glass rooms with our mouths full of food to look at the sky and say thank you. We are standing by the water, thanking it, standing by the windows, looking out in our directions back from a series of hospitals, back from a mugging. After funerals, we are saying thank you. After the news of the dead, whether or not we knew them, we are saying thank you. Our telephones, over telephones, we are saying thank you. In doorways and in the backs of cars and in elevators, remembering wars and the police at the door and the beatings on stairs, we are saying thank you. In the banks, we are saying thank you. In the faces of the officials and the rich and of all who will never change, we go on saying thank you, thank you. With the animals dying around us, taking our feelings, we are saying thank you. With the forest falling faster than the minutes of our lives, we are saying thank you. With the words going out like cells of a brain, with the cities growing over us, we are saying thank you faster and faster. And nobody listening, we are saying thank you, thank you, we are saying and waving, dark though it is. dark though it is, bright as it also is, in trouble and in fortune, in the gray mindscape of depression and the warm delight of happiness, in conflict 
and in harmony, in facing our sins and celebrating our gifts, let us choose gratitude. Let us give thanks. For if we climb to the heavens or we make the grave our bed, even there God will lead us and God's right hand hold us fast. And for all of it, we are grateful. And in our gratitude, like the 10th leper, we are twice healed. Amen.